At 10 a.m., you play with your cat. That's what we're doing now. At 10.01, you meow. And then you do a yoga pose at 10.04. And if you're doing yoga all day, in some form, you should be laughing. Sometimes things happen. People get taken away from you. People get given to you. Things become messy. Things get cleaned up again. Cars are new and then they're old. Relationships are sour and then they're sweet. The bittersweetness of this is, let me tell you, my friends. If your words are ugly, your life is ugly. Ask and you shall receive. Give what you ask of others. And love unconditionally. You leave and walk away at 12.52 a.m. from someone who said they put a curse on you. You better walk away knowing that you've got all the power to decompose that, that verbal drainage of theirs. But also understand that you also have the power to recreate that verbiage and say, I wish for you happiness upon anything I ever wished on you illy or angrily or anyone in the world that I've ever hated enough to, to despise you. I take it all back. I take it back for you. I take it back for me. I take it back for everyone who could accidentally receive a curse. And I say, in the name of Lacey Lurie Horn, no more shall any of you be cursed. Poof. Ever again, you understand me? And that's that. Now, if you anger someone and they say hateful things about you, I've just repented for all of that and I take it away. Like Jesus did on the cross, you know? He said, I take all that fucking sin and I, and I take it and I'm done and now everybody can sin again and they can all still go to heaven. Poof. Well, guess what? I'm going to take all the curses away that landed you here on earth that made you feel unhappy and discorded and sad and depressed and all those evil names they gave you for it, you know, like schizophrenic, dabotritic, miscombobulated and even misfitted but never mistreated or misconstrued. I really like promiscuous, but I don't like promiscuality. We'll say solar systems equivalent United States. The Declaration of Independence in Congress, July 4th, 1776. We say, how to raise a brilliant child. 14 simple ways to help you focus. Forget the numbers, they didn't matter. And all the people in between were just chatter. So. I decompose that rotting curse that anyone ever placed upon this earth. I lift it now with my own breath. I watch each human fruit with wealth, never to fear, never to cry about something they didn't have, only tears of joy, only happiness. Only good things can come from this. No more negativity, no more ugly things, no more nasty child pornography, no more stealing babies and kidnapping children from corners. All we see here is lemonade stands and poppy seeds and happy girls and happy boys and happy humans and happy synchronicities. Advertencia, advertisement, De la serenceli a success. Su casa es mi casa más importante. Es nada es más importante a tu vida. Tu vida. Tu vida es extra importante.
from day one, I was schooled. I was inserted into every place I was, and I was told at the time I was learning by every person I ever encountered. Do you know that? Okay. You know why? Why do you think I was told by them I was learning? Because if I didn't think I was learning from them, they were wasting my fucking time because I was busy showing them what I could do. Wanna see what I can do? Wanna see what I can do? Anything she can do, I can do better. Mm -hmm. That was me, okay? So if you came into my world at any point in time in my life, you were teaching me something and I had to be from an older source. I wouldn't even fucking shut up and listen. You wouldn't be wasting my, I would waste my time. I wouldn't. Unless she caught me fancy. Unless you got my attention. Then I needed to know what you were doing. Why? Okay, so you're saying that you can do this? All right, well, I'll show you how you can't. Okay, we'll test it. You'll be calling me back. Actuality is this. However big of a pimp you think you are, you're going to call me tomorrow because you want to play with me more. Just watch. Them bitches are going to be boring. But I'll be your friend. And that's how I am with everyone. Female or male. Doesn't fucking matter. Until I like you. Then I take you as mine and I make you tell everyone that yours mine, right? That yours mine. That's weird. That's hard. But I flaunt it. I'll match with you. I'll fucking dress like you. I'll make you want to talk to me. I'll say your name with your cute little itsy things because that's what I decided to do and everyone knows it. It doesn't happen very frequently for very many people. So, you're next. In my true life, in my true life boyfriend type things, I've had Fernando. Mario and Josh. Now, there's been other shit in between, sure, but none of them got a title, ever. Ever. Now, if they did get a title, it was because everyone knew for the moment it was something I was doing fun. And that's that. But Josh, all you have taught me, all you have taught me is patience. Don't leave. Stick through it if you said you're going to do it. Real values. Work hard, same job, real paycheck, every day, same fucking boss, same, nothing's changed, nothing, same family event, same family dinner, same family, like all your values have been intact, you've never valued, you've never varied from who you are, what you do do is be very mean, and I don't know if that's part of me that has to be healed or something, because I'm very mean, and, and anyone who knows me, <laughs> Mario, Fucking Fernando, Nevaeh, my dad, my brothers, you, my mom. But you can all say I'm a fucking mean-ass person. But I'm also very, very, very valuable and important. Because I listen when I'm being taught. And I Have you ever been that one girl at the party that everybody hates? Even the men and the women and equals because you're the most attractive sexually? And the smart ones, they do, they tend to act like they like you or be friends with you for the moment in time because you're going to fruit the most profit for the evening. You're the bottom bitch. If you're a bottom bitch, then you're like me. And you understand what it means to be a bottom bitch. Wheel of Fortune type shit. Cinema answered me.
giving your heart I even gave my fucking mind to you. and selling your soul. I've never sold my soul. Mm. I give you my heart and soul though. Uh, you got me twisted. Uh, there's a song by Bob Dylan and it says like this. Uh, I gave her my heart, but she wanted my soul. Uh, without interpreting that, I would like to clarify the intriguing okay, distinction it's fucking, it's between giving one's heart and giving one's soul. It seems that when love is not all that you need, it is an unthinkable thing to give your soul. The term soul refers to something larger than the heart. While the heart is mainly focused on love, or more generally emotions, the soul refers to an individual's whole personality and life integrated because of. It's unclear exactly what we mean when we say that we give our heart and soul. How can we give something that is so... What? Mm. Constituent, constituent, never leaving, always there, never knowing if it's real. Constituent, like, constituent? like just part of us, part of us. Yeah. Even if we take that phrase metaphorically, man, the nature of this giving is uncertain. In light of the three models, three, because three equals Y, three. Three by three. In light of the three models of romantic relationships, caring, fusion, dialogue, we will consider three different types of romantic giving. All my givens. Caring is one-sided giving. A good wife always forgives her husband when he's wrong, and especially because it's her fault. Hmm. The care model of romantic love, which is focused on the other agent. Hmm. In the prevailing model of love, there is no doubt that caring is essential in romantic love. It expresses the desire to be with the loved one forever, beloved, eternally, safe. Hmm. And it focuses on enhancing the partner's well-being even at a great personal cost. In some versions of this model, true love has nothing to do with the lover's own needs. Sexually, nothing. Caring is central in loving relationships. And that involves a significant inequality. We're never going to be equal. You'll always be better than me. Baby. Such as paternal love. I only love my children that much. And my husband. I don't have husbands. Because I don't get their souls. Okay. So. Uh, that's like God's kind of love. If, if, if I can take and tell you. I will take all your sins. From you. And I will, borrow, I will give you birth again. And I, and I speak that in the world for you. And then I say, just give me your soul. I can promise you, you'll be, you'll, just tell me you want to be good. Can't do it. 
That means you're not equal with me. I don't need your fucking soul. <laughs> Such as a parent would need their child's soul. Which you already have. It's part of you. It comes out of you. It's in them. Shh, shut the fuck up. In these cases, love essentially consists of a one-sided, unlimited giving. Only one person is always giving and the other person just has to give in. Give them what they want or shit gets crazy. They might punch your windows out. They might. But this person is just, he already thinks he owns you. <laughs> Shut the motherfucker down. In our still sexist society, it is often the woman who cares and is ready to sacrifice her fucking soul for somebody. Before she would even know if they would do the same for her. So she gives up hers for that, not even knowing that it would, the, knowing that they think that this person would do for them the same, only to find out it was just one-sided. And she just sacrificed her flourishing for the flourishing of her partner. In this case, love is giving one's heart as well as one's soul. Now, let's say they both agree. That's called fusion Fusion is giving up one's uh, autonomy. Like, I give you all of me and you give me all of you. I want your soul. Can can you take mine too? <laughs> nah. Because they always think there's something else there. And they always want to test you. They always want to see how dirty you are. If you're as dirty as them. Well, the fusion model will let the shit ease. Like, it will let... It will make the seaweed go away. It will let you see clearly. But you will have to bear some crazy shit, Okay. So, as if they were, let's say, uh, this is going to put you, if you can get up to fusion with me, then the fusion thing is like a romantic connection. <sighs> All right, a couple episodes prior to this one, I, uh, I, I bared, I bared, like, witness to my testament of, honesty and I took the sins of my friends and curses and whatever from my from my life and I and I took on all of those and I said that I forgive everyone for them and now I'm gonna go ahead and take all your sins and have you all be forgiven just because I will and I did it okay well I got a whole bunch of motherfuckers coming out of me now <laughs> but that's because there's a whole bunch of people who don't understand how psychological words are like this is just for you and the psychology that is behind the way you interpret the things you hear is just for you so it doesn't matter if someone else doesn't hear what you're saying because when it makes sense and I if I ask you to give me your soul ever it's because I already gave you mine so it's nothing really more than a rhetorical question was if a soul was real Baby, and we really had one. Would you give me yours? I'd give you mine. Because I know you wouldn't harm it. And you would only want to make it better. That's what I would know innately in my brain. It would tell me that. But sometimes there's this ego that steps in and is like, well, why would I give you my soul if you could do something wrong with it? Are you going to sell it? Are you going to make money off it? What the fuck? Stop yourself. Now, if you're willing to give someone your soul then you must understand the value of your soul. And if it wasn't already theirs to begin with, it wouldn't be worth anything anyway. Because 
one single soul doesn't do a whole bunch unless it's really, really, really a courageous one willing to offer its own soul first. So there would be an equivalent amount of souls in the equation because I would like to clarify the intriguing distinction between giving one's heart and giving one's soul. It seems when love is not all you need, it is unthinkable to give your soul. (laughs) But really, you know, caring, you get it, you get me, I know it. In the cases of uh, this type of love that I understand to be understood is that it's more parental than it is sexual. It's like God's love, you know, essentially it consists of one-sided, unlimited giving because I really know I love that much and I have to. And I can forgive for everything. I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. You're forgiven. Keep on doing it. Now, however, among equals, as in the ideal form of romantic love, this one-sided giving, it seems problematic to the, to the minial brain. In our still sexist society, right, where everyone doesn't comprehend that we're vibrational anyway, uh, it's often the woman or the woman uh, figure in the relationship who cares and the one who's sensitive, blah, blah, blah. So the, this one is ready to sacrifice her flourishing for the flourishing of someone else. It doesn't have to be her partner. It could be anyone. In this case, that person has a soul. Hmm? Love is giving one's heart as well as one's soul. I already gave you my soul, every one of you. Like, I don't, I don't want anything out of it. I just want you to know that I'm here to be open and I just want to live good and I want to be happy. I want to be safe. I want to give up my single-mindedness and I want to give you all of me and I want you to give me all of you. That's it. And it's really weird because when you do it, it it feels like you're just being really narcissistic and selfish. But the fusion model of the romantic connection, it, it postulates the ideal of two lovers who become one person as if they were two faces on the same coin, right? Like heads or tails. Well, if I tell you that I want to pick heads, then you're going to always pick tails for me, right? But we're still on the same coin. The desire to be with the beloved is taken to the extreme and it becomes a desire for complete fusion. Such a union is often understood to involve a joint identity where you just get it. Like a, a classical version of this would be found in like Bonnie and Clyde for me or like pe- people who just ride to the end, you know, like uh, the Titanic, that, that type of thing. All human beings are halves looking for their other missing half just to become whole again. The giving here is total. We have to both, all humans, not just both. There's, there's so many of us, you guys. Like we have to all be on this level or we're, we're battling more than we understand. Because it's vibrational at this point. And so it is, it, is, it is reciprocal. It is also rhetorical. And love does not make the physical sense because the two lovers remain distinct individuals. Like we're always going to be our own self. And even if this view is meant to be merely a psychological trip of the mind, right? It's just for your little fucking brain. Fusion and, and, and autonomy do not go together, Okay. In romantic relationships and any kind of thing, a less extreme version of this model is exemplified by a lover who wants precise information about the partner's whereabouts every minute of the day. 
Again, the need for such complete control points to a very coercive loss of the partner's autonomity. Dialogue as expansion. Okay. No married man is truly in love until he understands every word his wife is not saying. <laughs> Let that sit in. <laughs> no married human is truly in love until they understand every word their partner is not saying. Hmm. <laughs> The dialogical connection amplifies the flourishing of each lover as well as the flourishing of their relationship by loving somebody, you know, but you should love everybody, guys. Like, this is the thing. It's so easy for you to understand if I'm, if I'm referring to one person, try to, try to magnify that to like a hundred million people a world, like love them all that much that you would do that because that's what we need. Okay. By loving somebody, you expand yourself through them. Through closely interacting with the other person in shared activities and understanding them and, and thinking that other people are cool and wanting to know what they do that's cool and sharing in their joy when they learn something, not, not degrading them. The giving here is restricted because you have to understand that you are the only one that is allowed to never not do that. You have to give your love all the time once you understand there's also an expansion of the self here, you know, according to the self-expansion model. Either way, no matter what, you're not leveling up until this clicks. So it's not like I have to say it a, t a, tr a trillion million times, right? You get it. And if you don't, well, then you will later. But uh, it's so simple. People treat the resources, perspectives, and identities of close others as their own. And in this sense, they expand their self. Interacting with others helps you shape your identity and other perspectives. It lets you see the glass empty, full, open, shut, all of it. And, and that is important for the world. But in the sense of giving your soul to one person individually, that makes no sense. You know, the idea of receiving just seems like really incomplete. But when you realize that, that it's just a bunch of the same thing over and over and over like a mandala, then it makes sense. You should only have one pair pair one pair right next to you one pair right over there one pair over there each 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 diagonal side of you should have one thing connected to something else like a honeycomb okay honey hive whatever you want to call it but that makes more sense like that okay that's your partner and that one there's their partner boom boom boom, boom. a lot of you the ideal of giving and receiving here assumes that humans have an intrinsic motivation to self-expand and they often achieve self-expansion through close relationships that allow the psychological inclusion of the other in the self. Stop only thinking about you. Give me some of you. Accordingly, an essential aspect in expanding oneself is promoting a unique sense of belongingness by each lover, seeing the other as an irreplaceable part of their life. Hmm? Get it? 